Hi, everyone. Last week, in an act unconscionable to the rest of the world, but far too common in this country, a gunman cruelly took the lives of 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, in the second deadliest school shooting in America's history, second on a list that needs to stop growing. There is a link in the episode description for some ways to help, from monetary and blood donations to mental health and grief support and beyond. It's only one of many links like it out there. If you do donate, be sure to contribute to trustworthy, verifiable funds and individuals. Whether you're nearby or on the other side of the country, now's the time to show support for the people and community in and around Uvalde. No easy or graceful way to transition from that into complaining about a baseball team, but okay. Here's this week's episode. Hi everyone. Welcome to Philly's Therapy. Let's uh let's just get right into it. Uh I'm alone on the couch today, but only literally. I don't think I'm alone when I reach out to you all here to say I think we're tiptoeing towards some sort of cliff with this baseball team. Some sort of precipice over a, a yawning chasm of irrelevance that threatens to swallow whole the biggest free agent acquisition this team has ever made, the best homegrown starting pitcher since Cole Hamels and his similarly big-ticket free agent pickup rotation mate, and hours upon hours upon hours of hope and belief that one day soon... Things with this team were just going to get better. Now, despite Harper and Nola and Wheeler and the hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars laid out to everyone from Jake Arrieta and David Robertson to Tommy Hunter and Carla Santana and now to Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos in this latest wave, despite all that, the Phils are still moving backward. They lost another incredibly not normal to everyone except the Phillies game on Monday afternoon to the Giants in 10 innings. And that's on the heels of another series loss to the Mets in different but similarly terrible ways. And now they're 21 and 28. They are 11 and a half games back in the NL East and ostensibly dead in the water there as they've played nearly all of their head-to-heads against the Mets to spectacularly bad results. Bryce Harper is doing great, but he's perma-DH on account of his elbow, and that's almost certainly going to need surgery at some point, you would think. Starting pitching has been all right on the whole, but has little to no depth and is experiencing a swift fall to earth from last season's breakout hero in Ranger Suarez. The bullpen is again held together with chewed gum, heavily reliant on a ragtag bunch that was assembled almost as an afterthought, in the wake of the Schorber and Castellanos ads, and it's once again costing games and has little in the way of expected reinforcement. Alec Bohm is struggling again. Bryson Stott has, like so many prospects before him thus far, failed to graduate to the majors with much success of any kind at the plate. The fan-favorite catcher in JT Realmuto has also gone through some serious offensive struggles while still catching more innings than any other player alive. Really, it's all rarely ever looked pretty or good or enjoyable. In reality, though, it's worse than that. With each passing season, this team is losing the interest of the fan base earlier and earlier, somehow in a completely inverse correlation to the amount of money spent on it. 
a team many of us expected to be fun to play some sloppy games but have the firepower to hack and slug their way through it to steal some wins has instead frequently looked lifeless at the dish without personality or charisma of any kind to at least make you think, well, at least they seem to care that this is going poorly. The fans are merely a mirror at this point. So as the losses pile up, the questions do too. How long will Joe Girardi last? When will Harper need to be shut down? How can the new core of this roster possibly coexist for the shared remainder of their contracts given this start? The big one, though, what will it take to get people to care again? It's emotionally draining. It is. And a reservoir of emotion that's fully drained leaves only that numb feeling that's reserved for really the most rudderless of franchises, not ones that hook talented player after talented player only to see the final mix fail to meld and congeal for reasons no one has been able to decipher for an entire decade. Right now, watching this team is more pleasant for masochists than it is even for someone who would put a game on for the background noise, much less those of us who so badly want to devote more of their time and attention to the club. Not sure. I'm a little sick, right? I'll watch baseball basically no matter what. But that's not true of everybody. And the experience of a team is not made whole without the full buy-in of all corners of the fan base. All corners. Now, maybe it's still a little too early in 2022 to get drastic or dramatic. To really say anything is capital O over. Stranger things have happened. Comebacks have happened and will continue to happen. But the reserve supply of belief that this Phillies team is one of the teams to do that is dangerously low. The Phillies still need a lot of help. Help they are unlikely to get this season if they are so far out of the playoff race by the first week of June that being a buyer would look like an exercise in job-saving desperation. And at the same time, they're unlikely to give a full-throated abandoned ship to this experiment of a roster after just one year. So what's that mean? It means that this year, plus the next one or two minimum, are likely going to be built around a good number of the same players that we're watching right now. This is the group that wagon is hitched to. So the way forward is simple. Win, and you might pull a few more brave, emotionally armored fans back into the fold. If you're lucky. Do a little more winning, and maybe you pull in a few more. Winning begets interest. Lose, though. (laughs) Lose some more. You'll be more than a third of the way through the Bryce Harper era with absolutely nothing to show for it. So the time is now. This is it. This is the inflection point for the 2022 Phillies. This is the point where they either turn the car around where they keep careening toward that chasm and fall into the pit where the 10 teams that preceded them are lying smoldering at the bottom. Either pull out of the skid or you risk losing a whole lot more than just another season. Some of these fans might not come back. Or at the very least, it'll be a long time before they do. And it didn't need to be this way. It really didn't. It didn't need to be this way. There were some moves that were good in theory, seemed good in execution. There was good enough spin and justification and explanation for um, adding both 
Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos in the same offseason. I'm not paying too much attention again to the bullpen. Adding a couple of guys who seemed like they were okay, but came with significant red flags. Whether it was injury history or, or personal history, or although that's not really anything new for this team. Everything seemed like it was shaping up towards something that was going to be at least a little more interesting than the last couple of years. And the fact that we're not even getting that now is really starting to grate on me in particular. I like to think of myself as a patient baseball watcher. I like to think I give teams and players a lot of time to figure things out. You can give or take a little bit of that depending on you know my own personal feelings or evaluations on a player, whatever term you'd want to call it. I try and give everybody some time. In reality, though, even though we haven't reached the 50-game mark of this season, it almost feels like it's over already. And the, like I said earlier, the belief that this is a team that can turn this around just does not seem to exist right now. The only thing that can change it at this point is winning, finding ways to win, getting some better performances out of the bullpen, the guys you lean so heavily on, who really are just performing like they have frequently performed, good for stretches and then disastrous for others. You need to find a way. That's, that's their job as players, as managers, as coaches, as executives. You need to find a way to win the games. You have the players. You've got the talent. Why are they all turning into pumpkins? Why are they all turning into this indelicate Frankenstein's monster of a baseball roster? It doesn't make any sense. And we from the outside can only offer so much help. The onus is on this team. And they need to pick it up now. Whether they do or not, well, I won't speak for everybody, but it sure seems like there would be a lot of fans hanging in the balance depending on how they do. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to see how this coming week goes with the rest of the series against the Giants, who have given them trouble even back when they were a good team and this was less of a headache. The Angels are coming in, then they go to Milwaukee, and the schedule doesn't really let up until they hit a stretch where they play Arizona, Miami, and the Nationals for the first time after that. By then, it may be too late. They may find themselves 14 or 15 games back by then. Who knows? So the only way to avoid that is to win. They got to do it. They just got to do it. That'll do it for this week. We'll be back at it next week. Hopefully feeling a little bit better about things, but but that's in the players' hands at this point. So we'll see how it goes. And we'll check back in for our next session next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Paul Boyer. We'll see you around.